All right, so we're just going through some of the numbers. This is the most active wildfire season in Alberta history. With more than a million hectares burnt as of Tuesday afternoon. The spring has been the most active in history. Um, 1984 had a higher burn rate across the season, 1.3 million hectares. That's for the whole season, okay? Which ends in October. We're at a million now. It isn't June yet. Um, we've seen a million hectares burnt already. Uh, last year, by this time, we had 450 hectares burnt. But listen, every time we talk about these wildfires, I'm careful to point out the fact that it seems to me, and we've had a lot of guests on talking about mitigation efforts and things like that, because you can think about Slave Lake in 2011, you can think about Fort McMurray in 2016, uh, high level in 2019, now this season, and these are just the really, really big events that have taken place. Every year we have wildfires. Uh, you know what happened in BC, right? So, I mean, it's a situation that is continuing to happen it seems like with more and more frequency and something we're going to have to try and deal with going forward. Um, our next guest, John Valiant, is an author of the best-selling nonfiction books, The Tiger and The Spruce, and he wrote a great piece this weekend for the Globe and Mail. Uh, John, thanks so much for being here. I appreciate your time. Oh, hey there. Good morning. So, yeah, you wrote a piece called uh, No Wonder <laughs> No Wonder Alberta's on Fire. We made this planet into a volcano and threw Alberta in. You're pretty angry about what we're seeing in Alberta this spring, aren't you? Yeah, it's, it's really upsetting. I interviewed a lot of people from Fort Mac, and I saw what they went through and the suffering they endured and the terror their children endured, and I took it personally, too. You started all your work around this and sort of your writing and, uh, like you say, around 2016, um, the, the wildfire of 2016. What was it in particular about that event that moved you? Just the sheer, sheer magnitude of it? The sheer magnitude of it, the intensity of it, the totality of the burning. Uh, believe me, it gets your attention when you start talking to firefighters and you say, well, so how long did it take a house to burn down? And they say five minutes. Yeah, And you say, what do you mean five minutes? And they say, I mean five minutes from a house with no fire on it to flames in the basement. And that really shocked me. That's a different animal. That's a different kind of fire. Oh, you're absolutely right. It was absolutely incredible in creating its own weather and, and all the rest of those sorts of things. Um, in terms of your work around the 2016 fire, like you say, you spoke with a lot of people. I mean, there was a lot of different things that went into it. First of all, I mean, the way we build, right, in, the, in this part of the world and sort of we're right out into the bush now. And these are the kind of things that can happen when we do that. Yeah, and the, the wildland urban interface, also known as the WUI, is that place where the forest meets the built environment. And it's a, we all know, especially if you live in Fort McMurray, it's a beautiful place to live. Yeah. The forest is right there, the trails are right there, but it's also where the fire is. And so the fire just came right into town and made this seamless transition from really volatile, drought-dried uh, black spruce right into houses that are now more petroleum products than not. And that's kind of a shock we don't really realize, but, you know, mattresses, sofa stuffing, vinyl windows, uh, vinyl siding, which firefighters, by the, call, by the way, call solidified gasoline. Then you got tar roofs, then you got all the laminates. All that stuff volatizes much more quickly than cotton or wood or wool, and it bursts into flame in a very explosive and frightening way. Um. 
And you and I agree this is not going away, John. It's, I mean, obviously, I mean, you only have to look at the last 15 years in this province and it's going, it's happening more and more often and more and more intensely. Like the intensity of these fires seems to grow year after year after year. Yeah, and, and that's really because our climate has changed. You know, when you look, for example, the heat that drove these terrible fires that we just had, we were having temperatures up in the high 20s, low 30s. We know what the normal average temperature is for Alberta at this time of year. It should be around 8, 10, 12. And so we really boosted that, but on a planetary level. And that's, you know, industrial CO2 really coming home to roost. And we've got a a fire-powered civilization that all of us enjoy and benefit from, but it does produce emissions. And among those emissions are massive amounts of CO2 that retain heat. And so we live in a hotter world, which in Alberta is a more fire uh, in uh, conducive world. You mentioned Alberta, but like in your piece, you talk about how it's not just Alberta, right? I mean, we're seeing this around the world. I mean, we're not the only ones dealing with this. That's right. No, it's a, it's a global problem. And if you look at the weather in India recently, in Southeast Asia, you know, they had temperatures day after day in the mid 40s, you know, blistering, paralyzing heat that people can't work in. People are being told to stay home. Uh, ocean temperatures are also rising. I mean, we've really, you know, through through the, you know, 150 years of pretty relentless fossil fuel burning, we've sort of supercharged mm-hmm. the planet like a giant battery. So it's got a lot of heat in it now and a lot of capacity for retaining heat. And we're feeling the symptoms of that. And it's it's kind of a, it's another kind of pandemic fever. I, in reading your piece, I was wondering, okay, what's the resolution that John has? Didn't seem to have, I mean, that that's part of the question I have. Like, is there one, John? Like you say, I mean, we take a look at the way that we live and what we've done and where we are. Is there a solution that we can take a look at? Or is this just I think for a lot, in a lot of ways, we need to do what mitigation we can and understand that this is going to be a repeat occurrence. You know, it's a both and, you know, that we live in a complicated world and we need to do mitigation. We need to think about what we build our houses out of. We need to think about where we build our houses, but we also need to think about what we burn. Mm-hmm. And there's a massive movement across the globe to produce green energy, to produce, you know, net zero energy carbon carbon neutral energy it's totally possible to do and it's a huge transition that is underway now and that you know alberta can participate in i mean already there's you know amazing wind and solar projects there there's a lot of talent in alberta there's a lot of talent in canada there's no reason that the country of canada couldn't be a green energy superpower Sure. And we've talked about it. You know, there's always, you know, this initiative and that initiative. But um, but in the meantime, sort of get used to where we are now. John, it was a great piece. And I, I, thanks so much for coming on the air today. I appreciate it. 911 on a new night Thursday March 14th on Global stream on Stack TV